Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Gaps. It's the word on most people's lips these days. The Irish housing market is in, let's face it, a total nightmare. And (laughs) Rory Hearn has tried to make sense of it all in his new book called Gaffs, Why No One Can Get a House and What We Can Do About It. And clearly, people do care a lot about it because it's a bestseller. Good morning, Rory. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. I'm delighted to be here. Just about made it. Uh, managed to get the kids dropped off and somehow get across town. And well done. <laughs> that, that's an achievement in itself. Yes. Mind the interview. I, I, I that's your next book. Running across O'Connell Street about four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the marathon was the week, uh, week ago and not the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are Assistant Professor of Social Policy in Maynooth University. Uh, you didn't just wake up this morning and think, I'm going to write a book about the housing crisis because I can't get a house. So this is something that you know in depth. Yeah. Um, so where do you start with a problem like this? Like, why can't we get a house? What are, what are the main things that, you know, really feel like are, are roadblocks that are standing in the way? Yeah, it's it's straight into it. Um, no messing around. Why, why are we here? I suppose the first thing that I, I talk about in the book is that it is not the fault of millennials that they can't get a house because mm. there's a certain narrative around, you know, this idea that it's something young people aren't doing right. They're not saving enough. They're spending too much on whatever avocado toast or <laughs> too many subscriptions to Netflix or whatever it is that, mm. uh, no, it's nothing that, uh, that, you know, people who can't get a house are doing. It's not their fault. Um, it is the way our housing system has kind of evolved over the last, and I kind of put the crisis starting kind of almost 30 years ago. Um, you know, when you're looking kind of the late 80s, 1990s, we stopped, we did two things. We stopped building council housing. The local authorities were essentially told by government, stop building. And at the same time, you had the rise of the Celtic Tiger when people started looking and were told to look at housing not as a home, but as a property investment. Mm. And this whole thing started of people not just buying one home, but buying multiple properties. And the banks were fueling money at them and government was giving them tax breaks. And we essentially kind of got lost in this idea that, you know, housing was no longer home. It was an investment asset and everybody, well, certain amount of people could make a lot of money from it and government doesn't have to build social housing anymore and the market will do it. And And this millennial generation, they are the first generation because it is factual that they're the first generation that will potentially be worse off than their parents. And that's never happened before. No, it's not. Since the foundation of this state, we are for the first time in our history dealing with and have created a situation where a generation of young people are worse off and are going to be worse off if we continue as we are than their parents. And the other historical thing is that it is the first time that people are not emigrating because of the lack of jobs, but because of the lack of housing. Mm. That has never happened in this country. It's not unique to us, though. I mean, if you speak, sometimes, you know, we can be um, accused of a little bit of navel-gazing and think this is a very Irish problem. I mean, it it is an Irish problem, but if you look to bigger cities around Europe, this is happening everywhere. It is, it is. And there are similar things that other cities and countries have done that we did too. So it's not just absolutely, you're right, Ireland. If we look at cities like Berlin, Barcelona, London, you know, house prices, rents are beyond anything any, you know, younger person can afford. And it's because they have done similar policies. They also stopped building social housing in the 1990s, 1980s, or 1980s and 1990s. And just explain why that's important, because people think, well, I'm never going to get social housing. Why does that matter to me? And it's because 
we talk about a housing shortage. We don't have enough homes. Kind of from the 1920s, right, a long time ago, the state, the Irish state and countries across Europe understood that the market, which is private developers, landlords, only build a certain amount of housing. And if you don't build, if the state, the country, the government, the councils aren't building a lot of new housing as well, you have this shortage. So if we look at the rental sector, for example, to explain a little bit, in Ireland, the rental sector, you know, rents have increased, you know, just, you know, eye-wateringly in the last, um, you know, 10 years. Part of the reason is we stopped building social housing. So we now get social housing through what's called the housing assistance payment, which people get when they qualify for social housing, but they're in the private rental sector. So we have a third of private renters are getting subsidised by the state because the state isn't building social yeah. housing. So what we sense have is the state itself is creating a shortage, is adding to demand, because it used to build lots of housing, mm. which added the, to the supply. Um, You'd have to wonder which is cheaper. Is it cheaper to subsidise everybody for rent, or is it actually cheaper just to build the bloody houses in the first place? Well, it's cheaper politically, because you get them off the housing waiting list, and waiting mm. lists look like they're falling, but it's not cheaper financially. Like, it is crazy. We're, we're funneling a billion a year into private landlords to cover tenants' rent, when that could be building over 10 years 50,000 permanent homes. Well, that's the thing, because you, you did say, if we continue the way we're going. So yeah. I'm sensing that there is hope and there is a potential for this nightmare scenario to change, but what needs to happen? Yeah, that's a really important point, and I tried to, to talk about that in the book. I do talk about it, or try to, what I tried to get across is the book is not just about where, where are we, why are we here, what's well, going on. Well, even the title is, Why No One Can Get a Gaff, and what we can do and about what it. We can so, do about it. Exactly. So, yeah, so, so what I is think it? there is huge hope. And, and the reason I have so much hope is because we've seen such social change in this country. You know, generation, younger generations and across the generations, you know, marriage equality, repeal, conversations around mental health, all these things. You know, we are a changed country. And there's a real sense that we can do things. And around housing, I feel the same, that all the people locked out, they don't, they're not looking for multiple property investments. Mm. They're looking for a home. And they understand that housing and the housing system needs to, number one, its function is to produce homes for people, not to produce investment assets for global REITs or landlords. And so there's a change. And I feel really hopeful because when the values change, when people's attitudes change, politics has to follow at some point. Policies have to follow. Well, we're due to spend 36 billion between now and 2030. Is that going to be enough? I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, I think that it will definitely make a start and it would definitely, you know, when we look at what's happening right now, you know, the government has put additional funding into housing, but they're not meeting their targets. Why are they not meeting their targets? Part of it is because the councils, the local authorities, don't have the capacity because they've been undermined for 30 years. So they literally don't have architects, you know, quantity surveyors, mm. engineers, the people you need to put the plans together. They don't have them. And those who are in there are like, you know, maybe there's a, a lethargy and an apathy has grown over time that the system is just not working. So I think we need to do something more more radical. I think we need to set up a state public construction company that would just go out and build the homes, give people pensionable jobs, the bricklayers, the carpenters, the architects, permanent public jobs. We do it in our health service. We do it in education. You know, we employ mm. teachers, doctors, mm. nurses. And look Why how well we that's do- going. <laughs> well, no, it is actually. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of running down of the health mm. service and our education system. But actually, we have the, one of the best education systems in the world because we it's fully public. 
and it's teachers are paid properly, the resources are put in there. Yes, it could be better. Our health system is another question. Well, that's why I was referring to Yeah, it, yeah. And, and our health system does have an issue actually in a similar way to housing in that it does have this issue of the p- private-public divide and the public system is under-resourced in comparison to you can go to the private sector mm. if you have money. So in a way it's a parallel like housing. Um, um, there was <clears throat> Sinn Féin were talking up... Uh, you know, talking very big talk over the weekend in terms of they can completely fix the housing crisis if they can just get their feet under the desks. I mean, is that, is that going to change anything? It's just a, a shift of personnel in the government. I think a shift of personnel isn't going to change it. I think the policies have to change really radically. I think our Department of Housing, our whole state, how we do with the local authorities, they have to change. You know, how we think about housing has to change. I think this is what I kind of thought, is there has to be this cultural almost revolution in how we think about housing. And as I said, that is changing amongst younger generations. I think the older generations are starting to realise when their kids are knocking around at late 20s, 30s in the house and going, why aren't you getting out? And they're like, well, there's nowhere to go. Mm. And they're going, oh, why is that? And I think that that conversation that needs to have across the generations. um, And so I think that a change of government, it's likely to see change, but is it going to see significant change? I think without the societal change, without the change in attitudes that's demanding something very, very different. Because when Sinn Féin go in there, the civil servants will be telling, ah, you can't really do that. Because the civil servants don't change. We all (laughs) need to remember that. That the same people in the same jobs sit there, whether the government is this or that. Like, they're, so as you're saying, it's it's a seismic societal change that needs to happen. And is there anyone we can look to? Is there any nation that has done faced this and and made the right steps? Well, I, there are countries making steps, like Barcelona. Again, talk, talk about it. Spain and Barcelona just introduced because they have really big problems, like we do, with vacancy mm. and with Airbnb. Really big problems in terms of um, units that are that used to be rented are not being rented. So they introduced a policy which told owners of uh, of vacant properties, use it or we will take it back and pay you fifty percent of the market rate and put somebody in there. You have six months to use it. So that's a pretty radical measure. Mm. Uh, and it would actually, it's starting to work. Finland, of course, is a really good example. Finland, they have basically ended homelessness. They have, um, you know, they do nothing like the housing crisis we have. And they they do it differently by, as you know, you talk to people over there, they don't look at housing as an investment asset. They look at it like a social good and they just say, well, sure, everyone, like everybody lives in social housing. They build public housing, not just for the very poor, architects, mm. um, doctors, they all live in it. There's not this stigma about it. The state they just accept this is what we do as a society you don't leave people dependent to you know do they have enough money or not to cover the rent or to buy a house they 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 have a huge amount of renting but it's lifetime secure it's good quality it's decent we've never really had that attitude to renting though in this country have we because it hasn't home ownership has been such a standard way of living and for it's generations gen- generally seen as a stepping stone isn't it to, yeah, to owning your own that it's a temporary thing renting that it, it's it's you know you're as i say it's a stepping stone but until you eventually get your mortgage but other countries don't think like that. But I guess we're being forced to think like that now. We are, but we've a problem, which is that our rental sector, our private rental sector is not like other European countries. They don't, like this idea that you can be evicted, even though you pay the rent, you never do anything wrong, just because the landlord is selling the property. That doesn't exist in other European countries. Mm. You can't evict someone who's doing everything right just because you're selling the property. They have to stay in place because it's their home. So it's not just, you know, we do have to make a mind, you know, a huge shift in how 
how we think about this. Um, but also, you know, home ownership, you know, it is reasonable for people, I think, to expect to own their home. Um, I think that home ownership, is, there's a lot of positives to it. I think that we should have more affordable home ownership. Part of the reason why we don't is because, as I've highlighted here before, investor funds are buying and building a huge amount of the housing, particularly our apartments in Dublin. So they're locking people out. We don't... Our, the other reason why, you know, we're in this crisis, the private construction industry in Ireland, basically, you know, it collapsed. It disappeared after the financial crash. So we were in this situation where there was no builders, there was no developers. And rather than the government going, okay, here's a chance to re, you know, reimagine how we do housing, they went off and turned to the investor funds and brought them in. And now we're reliant on them. So I think we need to think about lots of things. We need to think about how do we give business to small builders? How do we get them back involved in actually building? How do we build up our own state capacity to build? How do we get like not-for-profit housing associations? There's huge things we could do. Introduce the use it or lose it. I think, you know, <laughs> you were saying that I heard the intro to me. People need to get angry at me. I was going, angry at me? That's not fair. But people do need to get angry. I really mm. do. Like, I, someone texted me there, they were saying they read the book and they were like, Jesus, I feel like just going out and rioting. And I said, now you know how I felt for the last eight years following this and watching this and analysing and looking and banging my head going, Jesus, they're, they're creating this crisis. They're why, just- why though? I mean, is it, you, you have to assume that they're not idiots. So what have they got to gain like surely it's in their favour to to come up with the solutions because this is the thing that's going to get them booted out. Well, you see, for the last ten years they haven't been thinking like that. For the last ten years they weren't thinking we might be out of government at some point. That has only become on the horizon in the last two years since the last election, and I think really they're only thinking like that when older voters, their traditional voters are now going, well actually I don't agree with the policies you've been doing. That's only a shift the last year or two. Up to that point they were very much like just continue on as is. You know, this is policy that has worked. Like when you think of the decisions, like, and I just, back to Michael Noonan who was Minister for Finance and I quoted in the book saying in 2016 in the Dáil, you know, that uh, that vulture funds provide, provide a really important role in the ecology because they clean up the carcasses and he was singing the praises of the vulture funds coming in here. Similarly, Owen Murphy as housing minister talking about the co-living was the, you know, cute boutique hotels, you know, that's the living of the future. And, you know, I think they were bought, they were not bought, they were wooed. They were captured in a way by the investor funds that they'll build all the new housing with the state. They don't like the state anyway, Fine Gael. You know, they don't like council housing. They don't like social housing tenants. They have that stigma towards them. So they're like, we're not going to do it. So we'll get the investor funds in it. And I will be really straight. I do think some of them don't actually care. And that's a pretty... I've come to that conclusion, watching this, highlighting it for eight years. I think some in our government, some people in our state, do not actually care about young people emigrating, about people who are homeless. I cannot come to any other conclusion. Isn't that just a kind of a nice thing to say? Like, it's not a nice thing to say, but it's a a powerful thing to say. But to say someone doesn't care about someone being homeless... You know, it's a bit of a stretch. You know, I don't, but they I may can't. be distracted or inept, but you'd have to say that they, as a human being, they'd have to care. I don't know. But also to choose public service as a I look job. at the suffering that's going on out there. Like I walked in here this morning. I passed three people in doorways. One woman in a doorway in a sleeping bag. I like, can you just go? That's that's 
wrong. And that has been like that. There are thousands of children who are being traumatised in emergency accommodation growing up in it. There are, you know, a generation been stuck at home, infantilised, like, you know, saying I can't be treated like an adult. People putting off having kids to the point at which they can't have them. Like, how do you go on and say you know, this is okay, or we're not going to have this massive emergency response. I've been saying there should be an emergency response for the last five years. You do feel like there's been a dumbing down of the word crisis. You know, we we could see as a nation what we could do when COVID happened, that everybody fell into line and it was, a you know, this is this is a genuine crisis and we all need to get behind this. But we use the term crisis in terms of housing and health, but we're not reacting as if it's a crisis. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, we're tinkering around the edges a lot. Look, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we can fix all these problems today on this show, uh, but maybe you will have some ideas after you read the book. Uh, it's by Rory Hearn. He's Assistant Professor of Social Policy in Maynooth University. And the book is Gaffs, Why No One Can Get a House and What We Can Do About It. It's also been nominated for a non-post award for non-fiction book of the year. So you can vote now on irishbookawards.ie forward slash vote. Rory Hearn, as always, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for chatting to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you giving me the time this morning. Thank you. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.